Welcome to another Industry Tools segment of the Massage Tools Podcast. This week's guest is Tony Poland, a California-based massage therapist. I know I've been hitting the West Coast an awful lot, and no worries, we will bring it back to the East Coast in the near future. We hit up kind of our standard set of questions with Tony, but two of the big standouts for this episode are first being we get into the talks and discussions about stretching. Tony shares kind of his journey and then his philosophy on the best way to approach stretching with clients and athletes. And then the second big note, and I I have a lot of appreciation for this, he talks about an exercise that can be used to develop the sense of touch. I think it's really neat because he adapted a rehab technique into a performance technique. So if you are new into the field, you're still a student, or maybe you're a manual therapist or other profession that's really trying to hone in on your sense of touch, being able to differentiate tissues, stuff like that, this drill that Tony has is fantastic. But that's enough of me talking. Let's kick it. Welcome to the Massage Tools Podcast, your home for cool interviews and reviews. Tony, thank you so much for joining us on uh, the Massage Tools Podcast. Will you give us your origin story? So, you know, big talking points, where you went to school for Mm -hmm. massage, uh, how long you've been in practice, and then the big one, why you got into massage therapy. Uh, Sure. Um, Origin story. How far do you want to go back? Yeah. um, Yeah, the uh, origin story. So I'm originally from Tennessee, and uh, I moved out here in 94 working in film. Okay. And eventually had worked my way into a basically uh, painted myself into a corner. I couldn't climb any higher in film and got very bored. And I've always been a natural massage therapist. I've, I would stand on set uh, watching, you know, watching as a, a prop guy or, or a prop master or an onset dresser, watching the action. And somebody saw, if, if I saw somebody stressing out in the moment, I'd go up and, and work, uh, work on their shoulders and relax them a little bit. And so many people kept saying, dude, you have to go to school. You have to go do massage, get out of this industry. This industry is no good. And I took my first class at IPSB, which is the Institute for Psychostructural Balancing. And the very first class just fell in love and then fell yet another level of in love when I took my first sports class. Okay. That's kind of where my focus has been ever since. Awesome. Awesome. You took your first sports class. Have there been other continuing educations that have gotten you fired up that you really like, really enjoy, that are valuable? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Starting with IASTEM, the Instrument Assisted Soft Tissue Mobilization. Not necessarily Graston, right? So it's a little more neuromuscular concept, less of a, of a direct aggressive. And I love it. I use it every day whether it's if i'm not even working i'm I'm working on myself trying to maintain myself and i use the iastem to reduce trigger points and and soften fascial restrictions and and open things up it, it just makes everything so much less work so much easier easier on my body less painful for the athlete yeah so that's probably one of my favorites uh, another one was a very simple concept i learned in just a, a conversation with an instructor one time i didn't even take the class just the 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 concept is is so beautiful uh he called it neural reset technique nrt where you're using reciprocal inhibition to reduce the overall neural tone of the muscles in the area it's, it's just a maybe a five or six second technique to quickly reduce tone and and easily get through the tissue and find you know okay now i'm I'm deeper in the muscles and right there's the trigger point very quickly. And that, that's what started me 
being able to palpate the uh, the trigger point so much faster. Awesome. What uh what led you to that conversation? Was this like at a continuing education, or was this a ran into a practitioner somewhere or a conference? Just ran into a practitioner. Um, I don't even remember the guy's name. It was just a, a very short conversation. He said, "Yeah, oh yeah, reciprocal inhibition. Uh, I, I teach this all the time. It's a really simple concept." You know, and he just described to me how to set up a neutral position in the joint. That's all I needed. I took it and ran with it from there because once you have that neutral position, how to set up any joint and you go the direction of the of the target muscle and they respond by contracting in the other direction, it just makes so much sense. Cool. I, I guess uh, how how long into the industry were you when you had that conversation? Because that's like to go from a short conversation to immediate immediate knowledge and application. Like that's, uh, th- I'm guessing this wasn't your first year of massage that you had this conversation. Oh, no, no, definitely not. Let's see. That was probably about eight years into doing body work because I was already teaching at that point. I was already teaching the sports program, uh, sports massage and stretching program at Itsby, okay. the school that I went to. Uh, that's why it was so easy to very quickly adjust and, and incorporate into every session. That's great. That's great. So is stretching a big component of your practice or a factor or one of your expressions of your body work? Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, one of my one of my favorite mentors, one, my very first mentor, I think, uh, really in, in the sports world, uh, Alisa Curry, she's a DPT in San Francisco. She was the captain of the uh, sports medicine team on AIDS Lifecycle. And I've been doing AIDS Lifecycle uh, sports medicine team since 2003. I started into massage in 99. Okay. Um, so my very first year, she pulled me aside because I was, I was very humble, very hesitant to jump in. I, w- I was in, uh, in a tent working with like 25 or so uh, PTs, uh, chiropractors, athletic trainers. I was the only massage therapist there, and I just felt very overwhelmed. And she pulled me aside and said, look, Tony, the most valuable thing that any one of us can give any of these athletes that we're working with is a stretch that'll help them keep it loose after we loosen it up. And I took that and ran with it. That became my focus for learning every stretch that I possibly could. I was already a yoga practitioner. I started focusing on trying to learn all the intricate details of yoga postures and really breaking down every way that I could find to adjust any particular stretch. Then I started teaching the stretches on ALC. That became one of my big programs was uh, year round. So the, the AIDS Lifecycle Ride is, is one week, the first week of June every year. And I started teaching the Training Ride Leader training program. So we were a, a small group of people training the Training Ride Leaders who then year round taught the cyclists how to get up and running and, and, and take care of themselves getting ready for the ride it became very important for me to find all the best stretches that I could and, and started creating stretches of my own. Uh, one day, Alisa Curry, my mentor asked me for a stretch for Sartorius. And I said, well, okay, Sartorius does four things. Let's reverse all four of those and stand up and do that. And there's the stretch. Okay. It works. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So there are a lot of different, I guess, uh, protocols or ideas behind stretching. You know, you've got like your PNF group or your active isolated, what you found to be most effective. Well, you mentioned my favorite there, which is, uh, active isolated. And for years I thought I was doing active isolated correctly just from the books, but it turned out I, I took a, a training class with Bob McCaddy and, uh, <laughs> I was doing it wrong and teaching it wrong for years. And he showed me really, he, 
he showed us all how to properly do that concept and it's incredibly powerful okay um once you get the concept of actively taking your your muscle into the into the correct position and, and getting establishing the stretch you get a much better stretch and then you add pnf into that concept and it's so much more powerful so yeah bob mccaddy's uh, active isolated would be my favorite okay Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Like I said, I've, I've, uh, I've read his book. I've seen some of Aaron Matt's A- AIS. Well, the names shoot out of your head when you need them, but, um, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen some of their, their work exactly. Yeah. And, and whatnot. <laughs> but, um, like I said, it was just, I, I knew you did a lot of stretching, so I had you on, I had to ask if there was a, a method or just a general principle that you found more effective than others. So that's, uh, that, that's great. So thank you for that nugget. For for stretching, it really boils down to what the intent is in the moment. Because in a session, active isolated is 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 wonderful. That's super powerful, very fast. You can see the results very quickly. But when it comes to teaching an athlete to take care of themselves, you have to get into the dynamic. You have to get into the static. How far to take it? Edge of discomfort. How long to hold it? Under what circumstances? And then you also you have to take into account. The elasticity of the uh, of the fascia because if i get say a, a jumping athlete like a volleyball athlete to stretch their quads to the point with that that they don't have any pro- more problems with their knees that's great but if they continue to do that stretch on a daily basis then they're going to overstretch their fascia they're going to lose a lot of the springiness of the tendons and, and the fascia that gives them such a, a high rebound and then they're kind of hurting themselves over doing it. So there's always a, a, a delicate balance with stretching and, and the intent behind whatever you're showing them. The balance, yeah. Ath- athletes are a, uh, a double-edged sword when it comes to taking advice. <laughs> they, they, they take it to a T and then the rest of the alphabet finishing it out. And then <laughs> we love working with them. We're not going to stop. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But to go back, you thought you were doing the stretching in particular a certain way, and then you've run into like, oh, I, I saw this, you know, I worked with a practitioner and he showed me a better way. Is there, is there like advice that you would go back and give yourself? Like, hey, take this class right away, or hey, look into this, or hey, don't think you know what you're doing until. So like that right out of school, like if you time travel, Tony, do this. Tony, do that. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Um, the one thing that I would push myself to do is specialize sooner because uh, I think it was about four years into doing body work that I, uh, that I finally specialized in, in sports. In the meantime, I was taking classes from, gosh, from Thai massage to energy modalities to uh, lymphatic massage, which is something that I almost never use because it's so light and so repetitive that it tends to put me into a trance and I'll wind up sleeping <laughs> on my feet <laughs> at the table. It's just not my not my forte. I would have much sooner narrowed it down to sports-oriented work and as much detail in anatomy as possible. Okay. That would be my advice to someone who wants to go sports. Okay. Did you need that breadth of classes to hone in on sport? Or was that something you kind of had in mind when you started school? Hmm. I thought it was the path that everyone's supposed to take to have as broad an education as possible. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with a broad education. I've taken a lot of classes that, that I, you know, necessarily didn't even use. Like, oh, okay, good to know. I'm not interested. 
thanks. I'll move on. But uh, the more specialized, I think, the sooner, the better. Because trying to market yourself as, oh, I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this, it just doesn't really take you very far. Whereas as a sports massage, sports and rehab focus on that, uh, I can go as as far as I want to very quickly, just getting an introduction into a group of people. It very quickly places you in the right conversation. Okay. Great. And then if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. I was about to ask a question, but I think I'll wait until we do our next interview when we talk about sport a little bit more in depth, but I'll, I'll try to remember that one okay. when we get to it. We talked about this breadth of uh, <laughs> CEUs. Are there anything or any continuing ed that you would not put like traditionally in a massage category that's been really beneficial to you? Sure. Absolutely taking advanced anatomy at a, a local uh, community college. I did uh, the anatomy 101 and, and 102, uh, basically cadaver anatomy at Santa Monica College. And that was extremely valuable. Actually getting to see the fibers, uh, what direction the fibers go, how they attach. It's not so simple as, as what we see in the drawings in the books. Beyond that, Z Health. But Z Health is, is my latest thing that I'm jumping into. Very neurocentric and extremely valuable for anyone who's working with the, with the human body, including, you know, just yourself working with your own body. Yeah. During, during COVID, they did a free trial of their neurofundamentals course. Mm-hmm. It had some good stuff in it. And I'm like, this is a cool rabbit hole. I'm not ready to go down it yet, but it was, it was, I, I'm really glad. This is 16 hours of video, I think. Maybe it was eight. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's two eight hours or sixteen. Anyways, it was really really interesting information, and I've I've yeah. been exposed to some of the Z Health stuff. Uh, you know, I've got some friends that are personal trainers that have gone through it. Some of the Rock Tape folks I've interacted with, they're big Z Health proponents, and um, so they're now joined. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be opportunity to to venture down that that rabbit hole. I'm like, but watching that course, I'm like. Phew. There's a couple things I gotta shore up before before I can run down that route, but that's <laughs> that's that's my path. But yeah. <laughs> um, so Z Health, Advanced Anatomy, those are those are great great adjuncts to it. Sort of asked a, about some of your your advice you'd give to yourself, and that overlapped with your new uh, any new grads. But is there any other uh, anything else you'd say? Hey, you're you know first year out of school, you should be doing this or look at doing this. Any other points you want to add to that? In the advanced rock blades training, they uh, they talked about this comb that would fit on one of the tools and how by using a comb, you can go over an area and increase the brain's awareness of the sensory endings in that area. Sure. And I had started uh, some years ago having my newer students using just a regular comb and taking it and brushing their their hands in different directions to kind of draw the brain's awareness to the sensory in the hands because without something like that it takes years to get sensitive enough that you can say oh I just ran over a knot let me back up and 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 you know do something with that knot to release that it took so many years of, of practicing body work to be able to palpate that and I think anything that's going to make your brain more sensitive to what's passing into your hands in doing body work is a major bonus. And I would say literally just combing the hands back and forth 
to increase sensitivity would be a great thing just to start right off the bat. That's that's a really cool concept, Tony. Like you, um, they teach that the cortical map is kind of what they end up calling that system. You're, you're re-engaging the brain to an area. Right. But they talk about it from a more of a rehab standpoint. So if you have an injury or whatnot, your body stops to oversimplify, it stops listening to that area. So the comb says, hey, we're still here. Right. And that triggers it. Right. But you took it from a rehab principle and turned it into a performance. Like that's that's a really cool. Like, I'm like ooh, this guy's next level. <laughs> that's really cool. That's really cool. <laughs> Well, at Ipsby, at Ipsby, we were there was a group of instructors who were sitting down to rewrite our palpation material to really give it as much juice as possible. And I had recently taken that advanced course and said, "Hey, you know, we're trying to teach them to palpate these muscles as individual muscles and and as and as fascia and to be able to feel that." But they're all the time saying, "I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm feeling something, but it's 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 all one sheet. I don't know." And I started, you know, introducing, uh, or we started introducing contractions and stretching, actually, you know, just, just, just moving the tissue back and forth so we could feel movement in there. I said, okay, how about if we can increase their awareness on the immediate and maybe over, over a period of time, create more sensitivity faster just by combing. Yeah, that's, that's cool. So it, it seemed to work fairly well. Mm -hmm. Have you done the, the phone book trick? It's the, the old, old version of it. It's like you take a hair, <laughs> oh, yeah. take a piece of hair, you lay hair. it and put one, yep. one phone book page over it and feel it. <laughs> I was uh, teaching two yep. years ago and it, uh, one of my students had just turned 18 before entering into the program. And she kind of looked at me and she's like, phone book. I think I remember those as a kid. I'm like, all right, it's a, you're hard pressed to find a phone book nowadays, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's a really neat application and and transferring knowledge into application. So, props to you, man. That, that's a nice little drill there. Thank you. So I, I thought it seemed to work really well. The uh, the students were grasping much more faster. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna go brush my hands tonight, but I'm I'm gonna try that. Like it's, <laughs> it's a, we're we're on a bit of a time delay too. It's you know it's about seven my time, and we'll wrap up and. I'll go home and eat dinner and unwind for the day. But anyways, the big question I really like to get into with these industry-based podcasts are, where do you want to see the industry move in, say, five, ten years? I would love to see the industry shift a little more towards the way Canada does it, requiring more education before they actually get started. Sure. There's just, and, and I, it's not anything against the new practitioners, but there are just too many practitioners out there boasting of their skills when they have very little and, and they've already decided after their certification class that they're not interested in any more education. They do it and they, they sell it really well and that's as far as they need to go. There's so much more to learn about the body to, uh, to be effective and to be safe and uh, I don't know where else to go with that. It just it, So much more education is needed. Uh, when I started, it was only uh, 350 hours to get a, a city license Okay. here in Los Angeles. We didn't have the, uh, the the state certification at that point. Yeah, I actually did my massage schooling in San Diego. And when I graduated in 2009, they'd only gone up to 500 hours. So it's still uh, at that time. I don't know what they're at now, but it's been uh, – they've added more, but, you know, I – should be higher than that. I was fortunate that the program that I was in was a actually a bachelor's degree. So I had like 1300 hours of training 
with it. So it was much, much closer, not nearly as, as good as the Canadian model, but I, I like that one. The RMTs, it's a three-year program for them. So it's like our undergraduate degree for that. So I'm with you on that so one. So <laughs> were you at ISPE in San Diego? No, I was at Pacific College of Oriental Medicine. So now it's Pacific College of Health Sciences. Oh, okay. they, they updated their name a little bit. But yeah, so I was, I was there. And I was the first year they actually offered the Bachelor's of Health Science. Snuck in on that program early in and came cool. out with it. But yeah, it was a... It's a good program. I liked it. It's. I'm curious what it looks like now, being you know 12 years later, and it was a good program then. I imagine it's even better now because they've had time to round out some of the edges and like the anatomy classes we took were good. Sure. But they were designed more for acupuncturists who they're not as worried about you know attachment sites and things like that. They they were heavily teaching where not to put needles. So I'm like, well, that makes sense. But, <laughs> you know, a little, little more, a little more education on like joint act or uh, muscle action and things like that. Was, <laughs> that's what I've done post graduation was, you know, work, work on some of that material. Right. Any other uh, parting thoughts for folks in the industry that you, you want to share with us? Parting thoughts. Hmm. Education, education, just keep learning more. There's, there's no end in sight. That's, that's, a, that's been my drive all along. Very cool. Awesome, Tony. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, this episode. We appreciate you having you. I love that new drill, so I can't wait to try it out. <laughs> my pleasure. Thanks. All right, everyone. That does end the episode. If you're looking for show notes or references, or you're just looking for more content from us, you can visit our website, which is www.massagetoolspodcast.com for all of your Massage Tools Podcast needs. Last but not least, we got uh, two things. One's a recommendation. Hit that subscribe button to whichever podcast service you're using so you get our latest episodes. And if you'd like to, give us a review. Uh, help spread the word a little bit. Get our podcast out there so we can help inspire and motivate the industry. So good day, good evening, and good night.